What you doing? I'm running out of space on my phone, so I'm deleting some stuff. Bye, singing dog. Bye, goal. I pronounce you. Bye, wedding ceremony. Stop. At Metro PCS, you get two free phones with twice as much memory. Really? Don't say bye to your memories. Switch to Metro PCS and get two free LG K20 Plus phones with 32 gigs when you switch two lines. Metro PCS. Wireless. Figured out. Coverage not available in some areas. Sales tax not included in phone price. Excludes numbers on the T-Mobile network. See store for details and terms and conditions. You are Locked On Packers, your daily Green Bay Packers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. R E L A S. Relax. We're going to be okay. It is time. It is time. I feel like we can run the table. We're going to do it. That's right. This is Locked on Packers, but I am not Bill Huber, as you can tell. I am Peter Bukowski. I am the new host of Locked on Packers. I am a Packers reporter for SB Nation. I cover the NFL for FanRag Sports, and I have been covering the Packers online as a blogger since before blogging was a thing. I covered the Packers for Bleacher Report starting back in 2007 when blogging was not even a word anyone knew or could use. I'm really excited to host Locked on Packers, and I think the appetite Cheesehead Nation has for the Green Bay Packers is unique. I think this fan base is uniquely positioned to have a daily podcast, to have someone in their ear giving them their fix of Packer news, of Packers gossip, of Packers analysis, of Packers breakdown. Everything Packers you will find in this podcast in a daily format. I'm not going to talk your ear off. I'm not going to bore you, hopefully. We'll have guests. We will have analysis. We're going to have interviews. We're going to have it all over the course of the Packers season. A season that could go very well. But let's start with a game that didn't go very well. And that was Saturday night for the Packers. Their third preseason game against the Denver Broncos. They lost 20-17, to though let's be honest. The wins and losses is not what's important here. What you want to see in the preseason is, number one, no one get hurt. The Packers more or less did that. Nick Perry was the only injury of, of really any note to happen in that game. His ankle injury we still are not sure of in terms of the severity. So they escape relatively unscathed. J. Ron Elliott also hurt. But if J. Ron Elliott is having to play key snaps for the Packers, they're in big trouble anyway. So that was fine. What you also wanted to see was you wanted to see progress from young players. You wanted to see Jason Spriggs bounce back. He didn't. In fact, he was terrible. He had one good pass rush rep against Von Miller and was mostly bad for most of the game. And Kyle Murphy, for everything that he does well, which at this point we're not really sure how much that is, but we think he can be a good player. The Packers think he can be a good player. Also did not play particularly well. He played well when Jason Spriggs was bad. And then he himself struggled. He missed a key block on a fourth and one. He didn't block anybody on that fourth and one where Brett Hundley uh, was tackled in the backfield on a, on a QB sneak. I've never seen two quarterback sneaks executed worse than the two Brett Hundley tried on Saturday night. That was really, really poor for the Packers. 
And one of the other things that, that I was hoping to see, Kevin King took what felt like a step forward a week and a half ago against Washington. And he and Josh Hawkins played exceedingly well against a starting offense for Washington. That is really good. And, and they have really good receivers. And it seemed like Kevin King, who had been struggling all of camp, let's not sugarcoat it, he has not been great. In fact, he has been flat out awful at times, as he was against Philadelphia outside of two tackles. Kevin King missed three at least more tackles in this Denver game. He's not playing aggressively. He's not playing physically. And part of that is on Dom Capers because they're not playing press. And they're not allowing aggressive play from their corners. But most of that's on Kevin King. And so between the line play, the backup line play in particular, and the the progress or lack thereof of Kevin King, there were some things to be concerned about if you're a Packers fan. Now on the other side, everyone of note on the offense played and got out of the game unscathed. And Aaron Rodgers, by all accounts, is having the best camp of his career He looks incredible. This offense, and I wrote about it for SB Nation last week, with these new tight ends, with Martellus Bennett and Lance Kendricks, with those receivers, Jordy Nelson, Randall Cobb, Devontae Adams, Geronimo Allison, Trevor Davis now might be a thing. He was was one of the few bright spots from Saturday night. He had a 27-yard punt return. He makes one cut, and he can go better than any return person the Packers have had in recent years. He can give them some juice where they didn't have it previously. And that's important. The special teams has lacked that element for a long time. Giving Aaron Rodgers a short field makes this offense even better. But we also saw the long run from Ty Montgomery. And the running game in general got on track a little bit in this game. And we're going to get to that a little bit more on that a little bit later. One of the other bright spots, and this is not just for the Denver game, but certainly applies to the Denver game. Mike Daniels and Kenny Clark are terrors. They are monsters. Mike Daniels was in the backfield the entire game against the Broncos. I made a joke on Twitter that that the entire Broncos offensive line are now sons of Mike Daniels because he just, it was like kids trying to block their father. They couldn't do it. They couldn't keep him out of the backfield. They would put two blockers on Mike Daniels, and he would split them without a problem. They would put two blockers on Kenny Clark, and he would fight through them to make a play in the backfield. What we saw from those two guys, and what we've seen from Dean Lowry to this point, assuming he's healthy this season, the Packers front three in particular, but if you add Nick Perry, assuming he's healthy, and you add Clay Matthews, this run defense, we saw it early last year, they can be really good. And if Mike Daniels and Kenny Clark can rush the passer as well, That provides an element that this defense will miss without having Julius Peppers, without having Dayton Jones, without having the same kind of depth at outside linebacker that they've had in the past, or certainly that they had last year. One other thing that I want to point out from this game, and then we're going to move on. Aaron Jones, I don't understand why it's assumed he's going to play behind Jamal Williams. Aaron Jones was a fifth-round pick. Jamal Williams was a fourth-round pick. Why is it assumed that Jamal Williams is going to get the lion's share of carries behind Ty Montgomery? Why do we have to take that for granted? Aaron Jones has looked better in the preseason. He's the more versatile running back. He can catch it out of the backfield. He's got a little bit more juice in the open field. Why are we assuming he's not going to get 
just as many carries behind Ty Montgomery? Or put another way, why is he not going to receive more playing time because of his versatility than Jamal Williams? Why are we assuming that? I don't think we should. And Mike McCarthy has shown if a, if a player can help the offense in a particular kind of way, he will find ways to get them in the offense. What I don't want to have happen is for Mike McCarthy to say, okay, in an effort to save Ty Montgomery as a running back, we're not going to deploy him as a receiver as often. You're robbing one of your most versatile playmakers of the thing that separates him from the other running backs in football. The only other running backs who are even close to his versatile in terms of split them out as a receiver, because remember, Ty Montgomery was a receiver, are Le'Veon Bell and David Johnson. They're the only running backs that can be deployed in the kind of ways as effectively as Ty Montgomery can. And we saw it at times last year where the Packers' most effective offense was put Aaron Rodgers in the shotgun, put Ty Montgomery to his left or right, and have him just run a little arrow route, have him run a little Texas route. The, the defenses don't know how to handle that. He is a running back. So they're going to account for him with a safety or a linebacker, and that is a mismatch every day, all day, and twice on Sundays. Hopefully more than twice. It could be something that happens 10 or 15 times on a Sunday. So while I do hope that Aaron Jones can play his way into more playing time, I expect to see a lot of Williams and Jones in the final preseason game. But I don't think that running back competition is at all settled. And I don't think we should assume that it is. If you want more analysis on the preseason, and as we build into the regular season, Acme Packing Company is the SB Nation blog that I write for covering the Packers. There is a ton of content for you to dig your teeth into. There is a lot of red meat there. So if you're hungry for Packers content, please go there. There's so much on a daily basis. You cannot consume it all. I also write for FanRag. Please, FanRag Sports is a growing sports website. There are great contributors there, not just me. I wouldn't just tell you to go there if I was the only one that I thought was capable of providing you with some some helpful information. So please, FanRag Sports, NFL content galore there. And right now I'm promoting myself because I'm, I'm shamelessly able to do that. But if your company is interested in men between the ages of 18 and 44, you should be sponsoring this podcast. Locked on Packers is listened to by 98% men and 80% of them in the ages of 18 to 44. This is a prime demo. So if you want men 18 to 44, this is your spot. Plus, our rates are reasonable. Email me at peter underscore bukowski at yahoo.com to find out more. Is democracy in danger or decline? Condoleezza Rice, William Galston, and Carlos Gutierrez and others take on this question in the fall edition of The Catalyst, a journal of ideas from the Bush Institute. Surveys show Americans place less trust in institutions like the media and business. Others contend America has faced far more challenging periods and emerged strong. Leading policymakers, Bush Institute experts, and respected journalists take on this debate. Read about it at bushcenter.org slash List. Right now, we don't know what the situation is with Nick Perry's ankle. Nick Perry being healthy for 16 games is probably not something that we should rely on if we're if we're placing bets on how many games he's going to play. And the same is true for Clay Matthews. And so it wasn't at all surprising to me when Ian Rappaport reported over the weekend that after Ahmad Brooks was cut by the San Francisco 49ers, the first meeting he was going to take was with the Green Bay Packers. And it's surprising in the way that Ted Thompson doing anything in the free agent sphere is surprising. 
but not surprising when you're just applying, you know, free logic to the situation. The Packers needed depth at edge rusher. Kyler Fackrell is not really a thing, although he had unequivocally his best game as a Green Bay Packer over the weekend. No one wants J. Ron Elliott to be an every down player, even in a substitute role. He is a wonderful special teams player and someone that can be a rotational linebacker playing a few snaps here or there. That is all you want from him. Ahmad Brooks is an NFL linebacker. Last year, Bleacher Report does these grading systems. They did a top 1,000. And they graded all the 3-4 outside linebackers. Ahmad Brooks, out of 65, was 30th. Basically right about average. Okay? But he was right below Julius Peppers. Seriously, one spot below. Peppers was 29. Tom Bahali was 28. Preston Smith was 27. Brooks was ahead of other starting outside linebackers like Emmanuel Agba, Eric Walden, Bud Dupree, and coincidentally, ahead of Dayton Jones. He is not an explosive pass rusher. Okay? So let's just get that out of the way. But he is an excellent run defender. He is big. He is strong. And he is violent and not in the Vontae's perfect kind of way he is not dirty but he is going to bring physicality to a defense that he plays on he doesn't run well but he is physical it's a little stiff but if he's your third outside linebacker you're doing pretty well and it's also not a lock by the way that Dayton Jones makes the cut in Minnesota despite them giving him a contract in the offseason If Minnesota cuts Dayton Jones, it is a no-brainer to bring him back to Green Bay given what they have at outside linebacker. And even if that means that J. Ron Elliott or Reggie Gilbert or even Kyler Fackrell needs to go. Because the crazy thing is Dayton Jones is only two years older than Kyler Fackrell. And yet he was drafted in 2013. So it's not like the Packers are giving up on some, you know, 24-year-old outside linebacker who could get significantly better. Kyler Fackrell is who Kyler Fackrell is. And that is a sub-replacement level player at this point. That's unlikely to change. There, It was a, a puzzling pick when Ted Thompson made it. I criticized it at the time and I will continue to criticize it. It did not make sense. It does not make sense. He is an athlete who can help you in space. He can be a good special teams player. He might even be better suited inside given his, his ability to run and play in space. But as a pass rusher, he is... A zero. And Ahmad Brooks might not be a 10, but he's not a zero. That's the important part. And what'll be interesting is if, let's say Martellus Bennett and Lance Kendricks in this offense have great seasons and the Packers sign Ahmad Brooks and he has five or six sacks and plays solid. Nick Nick Perry misses a game or Clay Matthews miss a game and he plays well. At the end of the year, people are going to say, and I will be one of those people to say, hey, Ted Thompson, You have done a magnificent job of handling the salary cap, and you have done an an elite job, let's be clear. There are few NFL general managers who do a better job drafting than Ted Thompson, okay? So let's, let's be clear about that. But this was the route you could have taken all along. Players like Ahmad Brooks get cut every year, and they go on rosters, and they help teams win Super Bowls. And Martellus Bennett... A player like that gets signed every year and he goes on and helps a team win a Super Bowl. He did it last year. The same guy. The Patriots offense would not have been as effective all year without Rob Gronkowski if not for Martellus Bennett. 
And that's true because he's a great run blocker and a good pass catcher. Now, those kinds of players are not necessarily available every year, but a player of similar ilk, even if we're talking about 80% of what they are, legitimate NFL roster players are out there every year and can be signed. And Ted Thompson has consistently said, I'm good. And pretty consistently, except for one year, it hasn't been good enough. And that is the problem that Packers fans are going to have. So even if they have success this year, and I expect them to, I expect them to win 11 or 12 games. I expect them to win the NFC North and I expect them to make a playoff run. I think they are and should be considered one of the favorites, if not the favorite in the NFC. But this question about why has Ted Thompson not been doing this all along, that is going to grow over the course of the season because I do think Martellus Bennett is going to play well. I do think Jari Evans is going to play well. And it's going to be fair to wonder, could this have been happening all along? And with that, we are done until tomorrow. Yes, tomorrow. Because that's what we do on Lockdown Packers. We do every day. Well, not every day. Monday through Thursday. But every day, Monday through Thursday. That's how this works. I am Peter Bukowski today. You can find me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. I'll be Peter Bukowski tomorrow. And I assume I'll be on Twitter tomorrow, but I I can't guarantee that. It's it's stressful sometimes, guys. It, it, It really is. Until tomorrow, stay locked on Packers. What you doing? Ran out of space on my phone, so I'm deleting some stuff. Bye, singing dog. Bye, goal. I pronounce you. Bye, wedding ceremony. Stop. At Metro PCS, you get two free phones with twice as much memory. Really? Don't say bye to your memories. Switch to Metro PCS and get two free LG K20 Plus phones with 32 gigs when you switch two lines. Metro PCS. Wireless. Figured out. Coverage not available in some areas. Sales tax not included in phone price. Excludes numbers on the T-Mobile network. See store for details and terms and conditions.